It's Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable. Merry Christmas and happy Festivus Day to everyone. We're brought to you tonight by Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Eagles are hanging on by a thread, but still have an outside chance of somehow making the playoffs. The Phillies have a new GM, Sam Fold. Maybe the Phillies didn't want to pay relocation expenses or something. I'm not sure about that. The Sixers open their abbreviated regular season tonight against the Washington Wizards at the empty Wells Fargo Center. And the NHL will start January 13th. No preseason, no fans, but the Pittsburgh Penguins are on tap for the opener. Penn State won their fourth straight game, then opted out of a bowl game. So their season is over. How you doing, Bill? I am doing good, Chet. Nice outfit. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. It's 2020, and uh, I have nowhere to go, but I have all these beautiful slash ugly sweaters, so I've just been wearing them to work the last couple of days, <laughs> and I pretty much work alone other than like 10 minutes You know, when I first arrive here, so I'm just entertaining myself, but I got to be honest, this Eagle Santa hat is kind of tight, and I'm pretty sure it's cutting off the blood flow to my brain, so... So much for that idea. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're not having an ugly sweater contest here tonight because uh, I think you're well ahead. Thank you. I appreciate that, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, since it is December 23rd, Bill, we're going to throw in some holiday stuff along the way, including the fact that it is Festivus. And boy, do I have grievances beyond the fact that my new Eagles Santa hat is way too tight. Uh, I know we're going to talk Eagles and Phillies along the way. But I got to be honest, I'm excited about the start of a 76ers season with a new head coach taking over. Should be a very interesting season. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the high hopes, you know, we're going to get to our predictions later tonight, uh, too. But I, I think there's a lot of high hopes for this Sixers team. Uh, they're feeling the, the, you know, the new coach. They're excited about that. Um, so we'll see. And tonight we got a great guest to also. Uh, in inquire.com to keep the Pompeii. Uh, but obviously the Sixers are playing tonight. So you got a chance to sit down with Keith uh, earlier yesterday, I guess, and recorded a little interview with him. So we'll get to uh, talk about that. But first of all, let's talk Eagles. So, uh, you know, Chet, <laughs> there's no such thing as moral victories in football. So let's just take it from there. I know we're going to go – we're going to have probably very different views on this topic of the birds. Well, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, listening to Sports Talk Radio, it was very different than most day-after-losses discussions this season, and there have been a lot of those. Uh, a lot of fans, rather than talking about the loss and, you know, the fact that, ah, the Eagles suffered a tough loss, they're focusing on Jalen Hurts and the fact that they were impressed with him. And they should be. He played, you know, pretty well for a second straight start. And I know we're going to have plenty to discuss on that front, but before we get into the whole thing with him and Wentz and what's the future, what are your early impressions just in general of Jalen Hurts? Well, I was a huge Jalen Hurts fan in college. The kid's a winner. Uh, I, I like him a lot. Um, I think that what has been going, we'll jump right in here, I guess, because I think what is going on with the whole Carson Wentz situation 
uh, it, it's it is Festivus Day, so I guess I can just throw this out here. Get I'm really there. disappointed in the Philadelphia media. I'm disappointed in the Philadelphia fans. Uh, you know, they have they have just crushed this kid. Uh, it's been a pretty good quarterback, and I'm disappointed in that. And and now that it's come out that Adam Schefter basically fabricated his story or mis was misinterpreted or whatever you want to say, uh, that that really shed a bad light on Carson Wentz. And I, I have a real problem with that. And I and I have a real problem with the way the Philadelphia fans have turned their back on him. Yeah, and Schefter is usually pretty reliable, pretty accurate. So yeah, I, I think he did screw this one up a little bit because we don't even know if Wentz said anything like this to anybody. I mean, first things first, of course he's upset about not starting. Sure. Any quarterback wants to start, especially a guy who's, you know, been labeled the franchise quarterback and has been, you know, pretty solid for most of the first four years. Yeah, he had kind of rough starts to both 2018 and 19, but he finished strong both years. I mean, he directed them to four playoff or four December wins last year to get them back into the playoffs. Granted, this year, Wentz has not been very good. He will admit that. Most fans will admit that. But a lot of the blame there, I think, goes on Doug Peterson and the fact that he didn't, as he would say, put him in the right position to make the plays. And uh, then Hertz comes in, and I think he, the coach, did a better job with adapting the play calls for Jalen Hurts than he did in the first 12 games of the year for Carson Wentz. So I'm not real happy with Doug Peterson. Yeah, yeah, and I'm with you. And and to go back to, to your original question about Jalen Hurts, I think he has played okay. Uh, I don't think he's played great. Um, he saved himself and he saved the team with his legs, which is okay. I mean, that's why you have him. That's part of it. But, uh, you know, he was still – what he ran the ball 11 times the other day. So let's just say – Six of them were design runs. Five, he was still running for his life. He was still sacked six times. Um, you know, he's completing, I believe, it's 55% of his passes. Um, took a bad penalty uh, or, or safety. Yeah. Took a couple bad sacks at the end. I mean, there was certainly work to, to be done. With that said, he has given him a spark. I think Doug Peterson is the reason for that. He's changed things up. Um, but... You know, I, I'm not I'm not lock, stock, and barrel. Let's get rid of Wentz. Uh, I think uh, there could be a good competition here. Uh, 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 Jalen Hurts is certainly showing he can play in the league, and so can Wentz. It's going to be very interesting over not just the next two games, but beyond that. Assuming they win these final two games and Hurts plays well, whether or not they make the playoffs, if he plays well and they win the final two games, there's going to be – a lot of questions about what's going to happen and what should happen in the offseason. Wentz, of course, wants to play, and maybe they'll let them both compete next summer when there is hopefully an actual training camp again. But the problem there is I don't think Doug Peterson is going to, assuming Doug is still around, and I think he will be if they win the final two games, I don't think he's going to give them both what they need in terms of the play calls uh, next summer. And, you know, from what we've seen this year, I think – Peterson is showing that he's favoring Jalen Hurts right now. So that's another reason that I could understand why Wentz would want to be out of there. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the other thing too, if you go dive down another level, you know, uh, Wentz is dealing with Travis Fogum, who played extremely well, John Hightower, who now can't even get dressed 
Fulgham can't get on the field. Uh, he didn't have Ertz. Uh, now all of a sudden, oh, and then there's Arte Whiteside, which he was dressing out for Wentz. Uh, now there's there's your boy, Alshon Jeffrey, who has kind of become a little bit of a go-to guy. The only one that's been consistent out there is is Greg Ward. And now we're running the ball with Miles Sanders. We're getting the ball in his hand, and that kid can play. Um, it's The whole thing is just a different layout. And, you know, you can run the RPO like they're running with Hurts without it being a quarterback. You know, in the Super Bowl, Nick Foles didn't – Super Bowl year, Nick Foles didn't run the RPO himself. He didn't run the ball. You know, he did it with a with a running back tandem. And you could still do it, could have done it, with Wentz and Miles Sanders and still be running this same offense. But they chose not to do it. They changed the whole offense around when Jamie came in. Yeah, and you mentioned Miles Sanders. That's another thing that bugs me. Uh, the second half, most of last Sunday, was a one-score game. And again, Peterson goes away from the running game. I, I don't know why he does that. I mean, Sanders has shown that he's a quality NFL running back. And once again, he just kind of went away from the run, even though the game was still you know, very much up in the air. They, of course, eventually tied it at 26 and then botched the extra point, which is a whole other thing. But Doug just continues to baffle me. I mentioned the extra point. What about the special teams? Oh, the post the post game guys uh, gave them an F or an F minus in the one case. I mean, they just did everything wrong. The special teams, yeah, you know, and and it's just those things happen. They just can't all happen at one time because it costs you games. You know, it, it, it's a shame. And one one other thing, back on the offense and the West Coast offense, um, you know, a lot of what these West Coast offense coaches think is that swing passes and screen passes are runs. Hmm. That, that That's part of the running game. Uh, and I actually coached at the high school level with a guy um, who was a really good coach. He's coaching college football right now. Uh, and that was his philosophy. We practiced swing passes and screen passes every single day because that was part of the run game. And uh, it, it didn't matter the situation. He throws screen. Uh, whether it was a wide receiver screen, a middle screen, a halfback screen, get the ball out to those guys. They were run plays. All he wanted to do was move the chains. And, uh, hey, that, that's that's their philosophy, and a lot of guys have been pretty successful with it. Hey, this weekend, the Eagles, of course, play Dallas, and it's a 4 o'clock game. But before that, uh, Washington played Carolina. If Carolina knocks off Washington and it's like a one and a half point line or something like that, real close, we still don't know if Washington is going to have Alex Smith as quarterback. Dwayne Haskins is busy getting in trouble at uh, strip clubs and whatever. So I'm, th I'm thinking Carolina may win that one. And if that's the case, the Eagles know that they can beat Dallas and assuming the Giants lose, which is a very good possibility as they're playing the Ravens, the Eagles could be in line to uh, win the division the following week. Isn't that about the craziest thing you could ever <laughs> say? Yeah, I mean, it, it's real. It can happen. And, uh, wow, it's just – well, hey, be, to get there, though, you got to play defense. And what about these defensive backs that stepped up and played pretty darn good this week against the great Arizona team, uh, wide receivers? I mean, they yeah. had a lot of yards, but – those guys for never walking on the field played pretty good. 
Yeah, I had to get my program out and see who some of these guys were. But uh, the good news is, even though he hasn't been great lately, Darius Slay should be back this week. He's out of concussion protocol now. Um, I'll tell you, when that game started this past Sunday and they were down 60 nothing, I thought it was going to be a blowout. You know, Hurts had a couple of mistakes early on, uh, including the safety. Uh, but they, they battled back. I got to give them credit, both offense and defense. And uh, certainly made it interesting. And uh, I'm really hoping that Washington loses that one o'clock game on Sunday, because that's going to fire up the Eagles even more, knowing that they theoretically could have things in their own hands by the end of the day. Yeah, I saw yesterday, uh, well, before Haskins got in trouble, but he was the one that was listed as the starter. Um, So I was assuming that Alex Smith was not going to be able to go. And now if if Haskins is in trouble with the league or whatever they do to him, uh, I don't know who the third guy is down there. But Yeah, I forget. I, I like the Eagles' chances, or I like Carolina's chances, a lot more without Alex Smith. That's for darn sure. Oh, yeah. Now, I think I saw that they did fine Haskins $40,000 today. I don't know if there'll be any kind of penalties beyond that, like a one-game suspension or whatever. But, yeah, I'd rather not see Alex Smith, I'll tell you that. That's right. Hey, how about the punter getting concussed? I mean, you talk about things going wrong for your special teams. You get your punter concussed, who now can't hold. You got your tight end holding, and your center makes the worst snap he's made in his three or four years with the club. Uh, he rolls one back there, and you got a tight end that can't get the ball up. Oh, uh, that was just crazy. And as we said, one of the many mishaps by the special teamers on Sunday, something like a comedy of errors for sure. And then on the other side, you had that faked punt by Arizona from like their own 35 yard line or whatever. So that caught a lot, a lot of people by surprise, including the Eagles defense. So uh, it was rough to watch. It it was, it was, but Hey, like you say, moving forward, uh, you know, they're playing energized ball. And, and a lot of that has to do with Jalen hurts. It looks like they're actually going to have their offensive line intact this week. The same one that played last week. Haven't heard about any injuries there that can't hurt. Um, they need to go down and beat Dallas. Dallas not going to roll over for him. Andy Dalton's back in there. Uh, he can win in this league. Um, so it's it's not going to be a pushover, that's for sure. Although I'd rather see Matt Pryor get some kind of injury between now and Sunday because he is awful. He's like a turnstile there. Whether, whether he's playing right guard, right tackle, I don't want to see Matt Pryor anymore. I don't think they got anybody to put in. <laughs> Let's think what I'll show you for you in there. Yeah, I don't know. And speaking of Jason Kelsey and the bad snap, congrats to Kelsey on making the Pro Bowl, along with Fletcher Cox, who maybe was doing so more on reputation than anything else this year. But really happy to see Brandon Graham go to the Pro Bowl, his 11th season as an Eagle. He's had some good years. He got off to a very good start this year. Didn't have too many sacks lately, but uh, still, he's getting rewarded for uh, his efforts and his first Pro Bowl. And I'll tell you, the team was very, very happy for him from what I understand. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even the coaches, uh, you know, said they shed a tear in the coach's room. So interesting, uh, interesting there. Well, I've met Brandon on a few occasions at – uh, events, including the end of his rookie year. I met him at one of our pal Mike Barnes events at uh, Chickies and Pete's, the Take Two Lounge or whatever, Play Two, I guess it's called, in South Philly. And it was the Friday night uh, before, I think, the next to last game of the season or thereabouts. And Brandon ended up getting injured in that following game, unfortunately. And then I've met him, I think, three different times since then. Just a super nice guy, very friendly, great with fans, 
always a happy guy. So uh, great to see him getting rewarded this year. Yeah. Hey, we, we got a comment here that I will throw up here because I think it I think it's really interesting and we can talk about it for just a second. Mike Gibson says that's when Doug should have went for two, not earlier in the game. You know, now you're kicking the field or the extra point to take the lead. Do you go? I mean, Doug has done some crazy go for two things. Um, you know, what if he'd have gone for two there, not made it? And then said, well, we didn't have a backup holder. Uh, I would have understood that. I mean, because of the situation. I mean, if you didn't know the the situation with the injury, then you say, well, that's just stupid. But given the injuries and uh, the lack of personnel, uh, I would perfectly, I would be fine with it. I mean, you got a 50-50 shot pretty much on going for two. And uh, as it turns out, it didn't work out when they tried to kick it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't. But boy, you talk about you talk about getting hung out. If you uh, all you had to do was kick the extra point to take the lead or win the game, and you went for two, you knucklehead. Yeah, so, well, the extra points aren't as easy as they used to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're supposed to have backups for everything and be prepared for everything. So, thanks for the comment, Mike. That's a uh, good good thought there. Hey, I'm prepared for Christmas, and I got my ugly sweater on. I had my Santa hat on earlier till it started cramping my brain. Are you ready for the holiday, Bill? Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it starts tomorrow morning here at uh, uh, so I, I try to catch I try to catch a few Christmas movies every year. And uh, I made out a list, I think a year and a half ago. It was actually July of last year when I was making a list of Christmas music or movies because I was talking to Joe Valley on one of his shows and we were talking about Christmas movies. So I made out a list. What are your favorite movies uh, for the holiday? Well, um, I have three that immediately come to mind. I have one clear cut favorite that I'll give away my how old this is. I've watched it probably 55 times. Wow. So uh, I'm going way back there, right? So my number two and three, and we can, I, 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 I would say two and three in whatever order is okay. going to be Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. It's just a classic. Mm-hmm. And Home Alone, you can't go wrong with that. I've already watched that this year. I haven't seen Christmas Vacation. But my number one, by far, I'm an old softy, I guess. White Christmas is my favorite movie wow christmas movie of all time okay well this is going to shock you i have none of those on my list of my favorite eight here's the reason christmas vacation is okay there are definitely some laughs along the way but it's just not in my top eight okay i have never this is going to really shock i have never seen home alone in its entirety i've of course seen parts of it but i've never seen the whole movie uh, White Christmas, I've seen. It's okay. But again, not my favorite. Here here are my top eight, and I'll go from eight to one. Number eight, Miracle on 34th Street. Number seven, Gremlins. Number six, the classic, It's a Wonderful Life. I thought that was going to be in your top three for sure. Number five, the one that they show on TBS every Christmas nonstop, A Christmas Story, set mm-hmm. in the 50s but made in 83. Number four, A Christmas Carol, the 1951 version, black and white with Alester Sim as Scrooge. Love that movie. Uh, number three, just because my, my daughter used to watch this all the time as a kid, it's actually pretty good. The first of the series that they did, The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen. Actually a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Number two, kind of a rom-com thing uh, from 2003, Love Actually. 
Have you ever seen that one? No, and I can't say I've ever heard of that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's something of a Christmas classic over the last decade. Came out in 2003, though, with Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Kieran Knightley, Emma Thompson, Thompson, a whole bunch of people. It's got a bunch of different stories woven together, and I loved it. And number one, yes, Elf, also from 2003. Will Ferrell, it was really Will Ferrell's first big year as a movie guy. Uh, so it's a modern-day classic. If you haven't seen it, watch Elf, everybody. You'll enjoy it. You know what? It's funny because I'm not a Will Ferrell fan. Uh, you know, the, the slapstick stuff, uh, whatever, it just doesn't do it for me. Never has done it in any of his movies. I know he's a popular guy, but uh, just doesn't doesn't do it for me. All right. And I have a problem that you have not seen Home Alone. What in the world's wrong with you? Yeah, I know. And you, I did not watch a million movies. I know it's hard to believe. I did not put Die Hard on my list. There's always the debate: is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I've only seen Die Hard once. That was when it came out back in the mid '80s, '85 or '86, '86, I believe. But it is on uh, HBO and HBO Max these days, and you can watch it on demand. But I'm all, I'm recording it on my DVR Friday night. I'm going to watch Die Hard again because I know it's a great movie, and I just have to see it again after 34 years. Does it does it qualify as a Christmas movie for you? A lot of people debate that. It's set at Christmas time, but it's not really a Christmas theme. So it's one of those borderline things, kind of like Trading Places, also with uh, you know Eddie Murphy. Set at Christmas time, and not really a Christmas movie. Yeah, I, right. I, both are good movies, but I wouldn't put them in my uh, in my top list. I'm, and and by the way, you didn't give me a chance to prepare, so I was shooting off my hip there for those. <laughs> hey, well, are, a fine job. are we going to get the Christmas songs? Because Oh, I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those later. We'll okay. break it up. All Keep right. the people waiting for the music. All right, I got you. Well, hey, let's talk insurance then. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance at Westchester, PA. All right. Yeah, that's the, tra uh, the truth, Bill. Um, one of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania at 610-430-0700. Once again, that number, 610-430-0700. And now we got to find Merrill because Merrill wants to say hello too. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! Well, Chet, thanks, Merrill. Merry Christmas to you. And hey, let's uh, let's talk Sixers, Chet. As we said, they opened tonight. You visited with Keith Pompey uh, to talk Doc Rivers Sixers. Tell us about it. How did it go? What's Keith think? This is going to be good, as Merrill says. <laughs> well, Bill, the process is over. It ended, of course, without a trip to the conference finals, unfortunately. Now it's another era for the Sixers, a new era. Some front office guys, a new coach, half the roster from last year turned over. So the big question, are they better than they were the past few seasons under Brett Brown? We sure hope so. What should we expect this season? Well, let's find out what Keith has to say. Here's our chat. And I don't have the ugly sweater on for it. 
Well, this is a first. It's a few days before Christmas and also the start of a new NBA season. It's 2020. Uh, anyway, plenty to discuss about this new look 76ers team. And who better to help us preview the season than Inquirer.com Sixers beat writer Keith Pompey. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Hey, how you been, man? Happy doing holidays. Okay. Doing okay. Uh, first thing, Keith, uh, let's talk about the coaching change. What's your take? How will a Doc Rivers team be different from a Brett Brown squad in terms of philosophy, style of play, et cetera? You know, I think with the style of play, you know, Brett Brown was more like transition, let's get up and down. I think Doc Rivers is going to be more of like a motion, motion offense, but also he's going to incorporate a lot of pick and rolls. And we're going to see some pick and rolls with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And the good thing about it is when you have these pick and rolls, you're going to have like two shooters on one side, another shooter on the other side on the. So it's like, there's going to be a lot of options for Ben. He doesn't always have to go towards Joel. He could kick it out and find Tobias in the corner or Seth at the wing. So it's going to be a lot of options. Um, Tobias Harris and Seth Curry, I'm talking about. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of that. options for them. Well, as you wrote in your piece on Sunday, they've been working hard on their defense. Is the D going to be a key to how successful they are this season? You know, we're talking everything good about this offense, but the offense is a little bit behind, right? So the defense is going to have to keep them in games. And when you look at it, you know, you have Ben Simmons, all-league defender. You know, Joel Embiid is a quality defender as well, and Dwight Howard coming off the bench. So they're going to try to use their length to, you know, get into passing lanes and to prevent people from, you know, scoring at the rim. All right, full disclosure for our viewers and listeners, we are taping this Monday evening, and barring a last-minute surprise, we're going to have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in the starting lineup. Tobias Harris, as you mentioned, is back. Who are the other two starters, the way it's looking, and who are the primary reserves? Okay, right now the other two starters are Danny Green, a guy who they acquired in the trade from Oklahoma City, a multiplayer trade. And then Seth Curry, a, a guy who they acquired in the trade from the Dallas Mavericks. And those two guys should provide the spacing. Now, coming off the bench, typically when they when they sub, they sub in three guys. And those first three guys that come in are going to be Dwight Howard, backup center. There's going to be Shake Milton, uh, the backup point guard, and Furkan uh, Korkmaz. And, you know, he's a wing, a, a two-three guy. Um, Mike Scott is going to be the fourth guy off the bench. And right now it's to be determined on who's going to be the 10th because you have a rookie. Um, um, well, you have a second year guy, um, Matisse Seibel, and then you have the rookie Tyrese Maxey. These two guys are kind of battling for that 10th spot right now. Hey, you mentioned Seth Curry. What should we expect from him? You know, um, the thing about Seth, he's a great shooter but he doesn't take bad shots. You know, it's kind of like, you know, there are certain guys out there who will force it because they just want to like hoist up shots. He's a guy, if, if it's not a good shot, he's going to swing the ball to a teammate who he feels like who has a better shot. You know, I, I think that, you know, he's going to be a good addition to stretch the floor, but I also think that, you know, people may early on going to have to get a patient when they figure out his game, you know, and also he has to figure out, the teammates have to figure out his game as well. Now, I'm saying this based on two preseason games, which is kind of silly on my part, but Shake Milton looks like he has improved since last season when that ended way back in August. Do you agree that Shake could provide some, you know, instant offense this year? 
I do. You know what? And the way to look at it, it, doesn't he look like he looks like Shake Milton pre-bubble, like before they went in the bubble when he was yeah. starting in place of Ben Simmons. You know, it, it's to me, he just went out there and he played and he did what he had to do and he shocked people. And now Doc Rivers came in and he tell him, look, go back to them being that way. Don't worry about being a distributor. Just play. And I think that Shake Milton is going to elevate his game, so to speak. And, and he's going to be in the conversation as one of the top reserves out there. Another guy that you mentioned is the rookie Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. He showed off some skills in the two preseason games. How does he fit in? You said he's battling for one of those final spots. Do you think he's going to get some playing time and contribute? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think that it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be hard to keep him off the court. You know, it really is. And, and, you know, he's like you said, he's played well. Now, some people can argue, well, the one game he came in the fourth quarter and they were playing against guys who are going to be in the G League or guys who won't make the Boston Celtics team. But that's what it was going to be like in summer league. Mm-hmm. And he showed you the explosion that you needed to see, the shot selection with that, you know, that the Sixers are, are raving about. Um, I think it's going to be hard to get him off the floor, the way he pushes the pace, the way he can get in the lane, the way he can find teammates. You know, to me, he's 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 he has to play. He has to play. I'm excited about Dwight Howard being on the team. He's a veteran who, of course, just won a championship with the Lakers. He seems like he really wants to be here in Philly and to try to win another title, even as a backup to Embiid. How much does Dwight Howard have left in the tank? No, he has a lot left in the tank. I mean, you can just look at his body and tell. <laughs> you know what I mean? He looks like a a Greek guy, right? Um. The thing about Dwight, and one thing that you didn't mention is he's also motivated. Yeah. And motivated from the standpoint where, let's face it, he thought he was going to be a Laker next year. And then the Lakers, like, kind of reneged on a deal that he had. So, basically, he comes here. So, he's motivated. But the one thing is, you know, Dwight Howard, what makes him such a great fit for the Sixers team is he was Joel Embiid before Joel Embiid years ago. Dominant young guy who never reached his potential as good as he played. And I think that having a guy like that here is going to only benefit Joel because he could talk about the missteps that he made to make sure Joel stays on the um, straight and narrow. Well, let's hope Joel is motivated and in good health and presuming good health. Will Embiid be a more dominant player? Do you think under doc rivers? I do. I do. I, I think so. I mean, the first preseason game showed me a lot. You know, because it was one of those things where Doc Rivers was like, trust me, trust me. We're not going to run too many plays for you. We're not going to do anything. But in this offense, you're going to realize that even though there's not a lot of plays being ran, you're the best player and the ball is going to end up in your hands and you're going to take advantage of it. And he had 18 points in the first half. So I think that when you also include Danny Green and Seth Curry combined with um, – uh, Tobias Harris, three shooters, that's going to provide the spacing that Joel hasn't had since three years. So I think that's going to open up a lot of things for him. Okay, Ben Simmons. I've given up on expecting him to take more actual jumpers, but I'll be pleasantly surprised if he does mix in one every game or two. Uh, Beyond that, will Simmons' game look any different this season compared to the past three? You know, and and, and that's the biggest question mark right now. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, Every year we want to come out and say, yes, yes. You see the videos, you do stuff like that. And you also saw him shoot a three in the preseason game on Friday night, right? 
well, can he has to prove that he's going to keep that up. You know, right now people are talking trade talk, so he does it. So to me, that's a tough question to answer, man. I really, I mean, I would love to say like, definitely I can, but I can't say that now because when you have these shooters out there, he can come back and say, well, it's not my job to shoot. My job is to find teammates. But I'm here to tell you, if his game doesn't change, I don't think the Sixers are going far in the playoffs. All right, Keith, it's a 72-game season this year. How many wins for the Sixers? What will their playoff seed be? Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> um, 46? 46 and 26? I would take that. Yeah, yeah, 46 and 26. Third or but fourth seed? Third with seed? Fourth or fifth. I have them as the fifth. Like, I, I think that Brooklyn – I think that Brooklyn and Milwaukee are going to be so good that we're like, they're going to have like, they're going to be battling for like the, the best records in the league. Right. And, and my reasoning is, you know, I know some people say why the fifth seed, well, I don't see them being better than Miami, nor do I see them being better than Boston. So they're going to have to battle Toronto and, and, and teams like that. You know, I, I just don't see it. Bonus question, Keith. People who follow you on Facebook know what football team you root for. Who's going to win that wacky NFC East this year? I hope it's not the Washington football team, but I'm starting to think it's going to be the Washington football team. You know, uh, yeah, for people who follow me on Facebook, I'm a Giants fan, a trash-talking Giants fan, but uh, all for good fun. But you know what? I'm starting to think it's going to be the Redskins. I, I don't know. I don't know. The Eagles look good now again, but – I don't know. Inquire.com's Keith Pompey. Keith, always a pleasure. Enjoy your holidays. We'll talk to you again, I'm sure, in 2021. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to you guys in 2021. Get this over with <laughs> this year. All right, Jack. Good stuff. All right, so here's the deal. We were talking about the 76ers. We just heard the interview from Keith Pompey, and all of a sudden, uh, we disappeared. I saw broadcast ended. I don't know why that was. We were off the air, and people are texting me, you disappeared. I don't know why. So we had to send out a, a new program, PPR Part 2, and we are trying to get some people back on it now. It looks like we have some people joining us. I'm seeing there they go. Uh, dozen, right. 15, 17. Keep them coming. Tell your friends. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to turn that off. So, hey, we're back. And you know what? Hey, we've had crazier things happen to us. So it's all good. We just don't know what happened. So, so anyway, anyway, Sixers. Sixers. Let's get back to uh, our prediction. What did Keith give us? 46? Yeah. Now, here's the deal. Keith said 46 and 26, which is very good. But he also said fifth seed. Now, if you're 46 and 26, you're going to be better than a fifth seed. So Keith was off base there. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to have to give him hell for that. All right. Well, go ahead and uh, make your pick, and then I'll give you my picks. And then when we get Fred on, he's we're, we're, we got him under control. Uh, we'll, we'll go through it again with him. All right. As Keith implied, there are a lot of good teams in the East, plus the fact that with so many new players on the Sixers, which seems to be the case every year, I know, uh, it may well take a while for them to gel together. So with a 72-game schedule and all of that to consider, I'm going to say 44 and 28, which is still pretty good. And I'm going to say fourth seed, maybe even third, but third or fourth seed, 44 and 28. Bill, what say you? Well, you know what, Chet? I uh, maybe I'm a little too optimistic. Uh, I think this outside outside game is what has me a little bit excited. I think they're. Uh, I'm anxious to see what Curry and these guys do. I went 46 and 26 in the fourth seat. 
So, so you agree with Keith, 46 and 26. Did he, All right. did, he was 46? Yeah. I, I was debating yeah. between 46 and 47. And, you know, again, and I'll get back on my soapbox here, it all goes back to whether uh, Joel Embiid decides he's going to play every night. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Right. I'm going to forego the Fred music and just bring Fred on. Let's get to uh, his Sixers comments. Freddie Burns. Hey, Freddie Burns. Yeah. Welcome back. What's going on? Fred, let's get started. Uh, let's talk Sixers predictions. Sixers. Uh, what do you got? Sixers. I'm so excited. I just watched the first quarter. I was half listening to you guys, half watching. I saw cuts to the lane. I saw alley-oops from Ben to Joel. I saw missed finishes, but Ben being aggressive to the rack. And guess what, guys? They only shot. It was like two minutes ago in the third quarter. They had only attempted three three-pointers. They were 0 for 3, had a ton of points in the paint, ended up, you know, up six. They were down. My point is they scored points without hitting the three or forcing the three. So my predictions are 53 wins. 53? And I'm going to go. I, I like I, I, coaching was a big part of that last year and, and not having the shooting like like you were talking about, build a perimeter to open up 53 space. 53 and 19. 53, and I'm going to say one or two seed. I'm going to go two, though. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, like, Brett Brown was a problem. Like, he, I cried about him for five years. I tried to be, like, like, you know, on the fence about it. But so, like, the whole premise is totally different. It's get to the rack, be aggressive, take, take high percentage shots, not sit out at three point land. Joel Embiid ripped a rebound, didn't put the ball on the ground, guys. He went right up. He didn't even dribble. He went right up. So <laughs> I, I'm, I I just think it's going to be a change. I'm not trying to be a homer about it. I, I know I, I err on that side, but I crushed them too. Like last year, I went under the number, but this year I just really think um, with the coaching changes and the philosophy, they're, they're going to be a lot better. So Fred said 53, Bill said 46, I said 44. I'm going to have what Fred is smoking, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I'm making a note of all this, and the winner gets to, play a, game of, the winner gets to play a game of horse with Shake Milton. So a lot, of, a lot on the line here. There you go. There you go. Well, hey, uh, look at you guys. I'm just a regular sports guy. I, I don't get all the props, you know. Tis the season. Tis the season. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk some football. Let's get our predictions going on. But, hey, Chet, why we were – disconnected and I was looking at some of the comments because I had gotten behind in the comments we were talking to the Eagles uh, but John Roberts made uh, left a, a question and I don't have it anymore so I can't put it up there because we had to reconnect but uh, he asked if I would have pulled Wentz at the time for uh, Jalen Hurts and the, my answer is absolutely I have no problem with the decision being made because the team was struggling and uh, yeah. It's just not all Wentz's fault. So change has been good, and uh, I, I'm staying with that. I'm all right with that. So, John, didn't get to put your question up on the uh, on the screen there, but I did get to see it. I was behind when we were talking. I couldn't read all that. All right, let's get uh, our predictions for the week. Chet, uh, how did you guys do? What are the standings? I think you were tied going into this week, weren't you? We were indeed tied, and yeah, since we had the exact same picks last week, all five games, we are still tied. Wow. We were both four and one last week, and are both now thirty-nine and twenty-four with two weeks left. Hopefully, we'll make a different pick or two this week. I have all four of mine written down. All right, you ready, Fred? Yes, I am. Hey, by the way, Chet. One thing, uh, other thing. Here's a comment from uh, Jane. 
She wants to know if your hat fits now or it's uh, still tight, but I don't care. Or if it's look at look at Fred. You guys are all you guys are all loaded up with the props, man. <laughs> I'm all over <laughs> have an old Sixers uh, bear. Does that count for I, I got a Sixers Santa hat over here too. <laughs> hey, all I can offer is a Wilt Chamberlain jersey and a Dr. J jersey. That's all that I ain't got. Bad. That ain't That's bad. All I got. All right, all right, let's go. get to it. All right, this week's prediction, we, we have a throw-in game to start with. Rams at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are minus two and a half. Giants visit the Ravens. There was no line as of last night when I put this together. Carolina visits the football team. Washington's minus two and a half. And the Eagles visit Dallas for a must-win. Eagles minus one and a half. So, Fred, who do you like? Rams at the Seahawks. Seahawks minus two and a half. I like the Rams after last week's loss to the Jets. I think they come back and win. Seattle has been struggling offensively, um, and I think the Rams' defense is going to have enough to stop them as well as expose that defense that's been playing better. So I'm going Rams. Both teams have been kind of inconsistent of late, and uh, we got a different pick, Fred. For Just because they're home, maybe, I took Seattle. Okay, Giants visit the Ravens. No line. Who you like, Fred? Ravens by ten and a half. I saw. Yeah, regardless, I like I like the Ravens. Um, I think the Giants went on their little streak. They 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 play tough and all, but I, I just think offensively they're not going to be able to to move the football. Ravens. Colt McCoy still their guy. <laughs> this week, right? Texas. Yeah, I, right. Believe, I believe so. All right. Carolina visits the football team. Washington minus two and a half. They got quarterback issues. Hold on, Chet. Did you put your Giants pick in? I took the Ravens. Oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry. I, I, uh, I I'm going Ravens. Okay. I'm going to go uh, Panthers here, no doubt. Um, I, I just think the Panthers are going to win, and that's going to open up a lot of things for the Eagles potentially in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm using my head on this one, but just because I want Carolina to win and make it interesting for the 4 o'clock Eagles game, I'm taking Carolina also. All right, that gets us to the Eagles and the Cowboys. Eagles minus one and a half. Chet, you've been riding them Cowboys all year long. You staying with them? I'm not riding the Cowboys all year long. I picked Fred, the Cowboys many Fred. times. Hey, I thought he had an Andy Dalton jersey this time. <laughs> well, he's got a Daniel Jones jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Who you like, Fred? Dallas. Look, I don't. I don't know what's going on the last few weeks with them offensively. They look like they're starting to move the ball. I'm I'm going birds. There's no way I'm not picking the Eagles here. They got a little bit of rhythm. They got the mobility at the quarterback position now. It's opening things up. Um, I am concerned about the second half scoring. It doesn't seem like we move the ball once defenses adjust through a half. But um, I'm going Eagles. No way I'm taking the Cowboys. <laughs> I'd rather lose the pool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the Eagles also. All right. I think it's going to be a fun game. I have the Eagles winning 30 to 24. Oh, okay. Are you guys frozen? What's going on here? Yeah, I'll give you a score. Let's go 28 to 10, Birds. Mm -mm. All right. I'll go 24-14, Eagles. Cool. All right. Well, Fred, before we let you go, let the viewers know where they can find you, what's going on, and uh, you got a lot of activity still. Find me on Facebook at Freddie Burns, on Twitter and Instagram at Fred Hugo underscore, and then all my articles on EOSports eopsports.com and then tonight on our show at 9 30 p.m on facebook youtube twitter etc so thanks guys go right. birds we'll see you next week have a great christmas fred you, you too both of you merry christmas all right thanks fred
All right, let's uh, give a shout out to our partners at the Edge of Philly Sports Network and their shows. You can check out the Broad Street Bully Podcast. That one's on Monday nights. Uh, They talk flyers. We got Birds IQ every Monday at 7 p.m. Live with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles and reacting to the Birds as they battle through the NFL season. As Fred mentioned, Edge of Philly Sports Live, Freddie, Joe, Big Al cover four for four, all four Philly sports, and so much more. Watch live Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And also Tom Kelly and the gang at Patterson Avenue Fanatics, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., talking all things Philly sports as well. You can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your friends and family. Yeah. Hey, and while we're talking about sharing, Chet, uh, the Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel, it's kind of booming a little bit. Uh, Our Ray Fossey, Dick Allen uh, interview is now up over, what, uh, 15, 16, 1700 views. Yeah, go Uh, figure. (laughs) Yeah, when when, uh, Dick Allen passed away. We reshared that thing, and uh, it has gone well, and uh, we appreciate people looking into that. Go to the, the YouTube page, Philly Press Box Radio, and like it and follow it. We appreciate it. Yeah, our D Lineham uh, interview previewing the Sixers season also did very well. So uh, we're getting some traction, getting some new subscribers. That is great to see. We're trying to continue to give us give you lots of good content. That's right. All right. The Phillies completed their front office in the hiring of in-house candidate Sam Fold. Uh, you excited about that, Chad? Uh, I got to be honest. I watched the introductory Zoom news conference. I don't know a whole lot about Sam. I know he played in the major league uh, major leagues for like eight years or whatever. Not a great hitter. 227 for his career. Hopefully he'll be a better GM than he was a ball player. But I do like Dave Dombrowski, and I think he's going to be calling the shots for the most part. So I'm optimistic about that. Sam seemed like a nice guy. Uh, I'm hoping for the best. They say they are. They have made an offer for JT. I don't know if it was a great offer or what JT is going to think about it. But uh, as we said last week, I got to think that the fact that they hired Dave Dombrowski and are you know, bringing some other guys into the front office, that there has to be an understanding that they are allowed to you know, add at least a little bit to the payroll and bring some of these key guys back. Yeah, you know, I guess I, I find this really interesting because the big question to me is uh, who's going to run this team? You know, the general manager normally is running the team. Is the president going to run the team? Uh, you know, it, the word is that Sam Fold is a he's an analytics guy. Um, that's okay. If you've got the balance, we know we know Dombrowski is a baseball guy. He told us that right from the start. Yeah. Uh, maybe it makes a good team if they work together. Uh, certainly not the splash I think we were expecting, but they made the splash in the hiring of Dombrowski. So, yeah. um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you know, when these now, you know, you're when when the Clintac deal or the Rubuto deal didn't get done, it was all on Clintac. Now, if it doesn't get done, is it on Dombrowski? Is it on Fold? It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think Dombrowski's going to be calling the shots at least for the first year, and Sam will be kind of, you know, training under him. So I, I like that that aspect of it, and I'm hoping that they at least bring JT back or, you know, do some other things to get people excited again. Because if they don't do anything, 
people are not going to be excited about the 2021 fills. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And and honestly, Chet, I think anything less than JT Real Muto is not going to be good enough to our fans. Yeah, people want JT. I mean, I watched the Zoom news conference on uh, the NBC Philly app, and everybody was saying, sign JT, 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 JT. Oh, that was me, too. I put that in there. But uh, everybody wants JT to become uh, a Philly again. So we shall see. Well, I think when you have when you have a player who's the best player at his position and he's yours or was yours, you don't want him going somewhere else. So uh, hopefully it gets done. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it gets done. It, it will certainly make for a far better summer, assuming they play, if that happens. Yep. And folks, we're running a little overtime tonight because we had a little technical glitch earlier, but we're going to switch and talk a little hockey now, Bill. We are. Flyers open camp January 3rd, Chet, next week, basically. No preseason games. Season opens January 13th, 56 games. They open against those Pittsburgh Penguins. You like it? I do like it. And uh, we talked about the fact that the Penguins are, in fact, in the division. There it is. Uh, there was some confusion about that last week, but the Penguins and Flyers are in the same Eastern division, uh, along with the Rangers and Islanders and New Jersey. So all the old rivals, those Washington Caps. And, you know, it's interesting, Bill, that the schedule this year has a lot of back-to-back -back games in the same city. So that's to minimize travel during this, you know, COVID era. And, you know, there's no fans at the games anyway, at least to start. So you're going to have back-to-backs against Pittsburgh, back-to-backs against the New York Rangers in the same city. So that's going to cut down on travel costs and hopefully keep everybody healthy as well. Yeah, put that back up there, if you would, for just a second. You know, uh, the thing about the schedule that's interesting, 56 games, there's eight teams in that Eastern Conference, or, you know, as yeah. you can see, it's uh, – Eight games against all seven of those teams. So they're not playing anybody from the other divisions. So they're going to play Boston eight, Buffalo eight, you know, right on down the line. You want to talk about rivalries and get to know each other just a little bit. Uh, it'll be some feisty hockey come the end of the season. Uh, when you're seeing the same team eight times. Yeah, so. yeah that's interesting. Uh, certainly something that's never been done before. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. So uh, mid-January, we're going to be talking hockey, Bill. Yeah, and, and when you get to uh, when you get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden you're seeing teams you've not seen all season long, so that that's going to be an interesting twist as well. So let's move along, Bill. All right, uh, tonight's guest Keith Pompey, Edge of Philly Sports, Freddie Burns. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week, Chet? Well, Bill, uh, this slash forgettable, memorable year of 2020 is mercifully winding down. Next Wednesday, in fact, will be the eve to New Year's Eve. So it's December 30th, that means. This has become something of a tradition, Bill. We kind of recap the year on the Philly sports scene and look ahead to the following year with a guy who's been writing for the Philly Inquirer for, believe it or not, 40 years. There he is, our old buddy, Frank Fitzpatrick. You know him from the Sunday Frank's Place column. The man, the myth, the legend, Frank Fitzpatrick. Always great to talk to Frank. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. And uh, he always has good stories, too. He does. And I'm sure he will for us next week. So uh, it's going to be fun. All right. Well, let's take another quick break and thank our friends over at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. 
They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line rises, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook page. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room and PPCC 118 Raz Room Shop on Facebook. Yeah. All right, Chet. We are getting to the end here uh, of our overlap show. So what do you got for a parting shot? Well, you know I have one, Bill, and it's Festivus, Bill. Seinfeld fans are well aware that December 23rd is Festivus, a sort of holiday that includes not only an unadorned aluminum pole, but also feats of strength and, yes, an airing of grievances. Uh, I got a bunch of them, Bill, not just because, you know, 20 has basically sucked, but there's a lot of things that ticked me off on the Philly sports scene as well. The Eagles 2020 season has been a major disappointment. Injuries galore, players underperforming, Carson Wentz's hard to fathom regression. All of those are concerns, but what really gets under the skin of many people, including me, the fact that our Super Bowl winning coach has also seemingly regressed and GM Howie Roseman continues to misfire in terms of draft picks and putting a roster together. All right, I aired some Festivus grievances two years ago, and one of the main ones at that time was the Sixers' Ben Simmons' unwillingness to take you know, even one or two perimeter jumpers most games. Do I really still have to mention this two years later? Yeah, I do. It's 2020. Take some damn outside shots, Ben. Please, it's time. Major League Baseball has several players in the Hall of Fame who are questionable inductees, but one guy who should absolutely be in there, you know it and I know it, Bill, it's Dick Allen. I was going to put up his picture, but I don't have it anymore. So Dick Allen should absolutely be in there. The Hall's Golden Days Committee, or whatever the hell it's called, opted not to convene a Zoom meeting or a similar format this year to consider candidates, opting to postpone the whole vote for a full year. Many insiders expected Allen to get the overdue election to the Hall. Instead, the day after he should have been announced as a new inductee, Dick Allen passed away. Shame on you, Baseball Hall. Speaking of shameful, how about the 2020 Phillies starting the season with one of the game's worst bullpens ever assembled and now having the catcher of future JT or future or the future of catcher JT Real Muto still in doubt as the calendar year winds down is pathetic. Hopefully things will be better now that Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fuller in charge, but how much financial leeway will they have from John Middleton to improve the team? We'll find out. And one final grievance, Bill, the U.S. Post Office. I've ordered five or six things from Amazon Prime over the past month. Every single one has arrived within two days, two days of the time I ordered it. I ordered something from Groupon back on November 24th. They were holiday face masks. Would have been great to wear the last couple of weeks, but no. They were supposed to arrive a week and a half ago, but they've been sitting at a transfer facility in North Jersey. I could drive up there an hour away. They've been sitting there for eight days with no word on when they'll actually make it out of there and get delivered to my house. I've heard numerous similar stories from others. Clearly that unofficial motto, neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night, yada, yada, yada. That's a thing of the past. I got a lot of problems with you people. Happy Festivus and Merry Christmas, everyone. And and you forgot one very important one. What's that? NBC Sports Philly. And their whacking of all their talent and all their mm. sideline people. Chris Terrian, we learned, uh, yeah. got whacked today or yesterday. Um, but I guess more is to come. But uh, 
they're not the same without the sideline reporters. They give a little bit in the studio. They're in the studio. They're doing a lot of the stuff. And, uh, you know, those are those are Philly people we're letting walk away. And uh, I hate that. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, Greg Murphy and some others uh, this year as well. Uh, Serena Winters, just a shame, just a shame. Uh, Bill, before we wrap things up, we didn't talk about Christmas songs. Give me a couple of your favorites that you love to listen to. Christmas songs. Well, Chet, this is probably going to surprise you that I am really, I really enjoy Christmas music. Um, I'll drink to that. Drink to that. Uh, I do. I really enjoy Christmas music. I don't like hearing it at Halloween. But I like it uh, after Thanksgiving when uh, you get into the December and the Christmas spirit. Uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not as much in you as with the current uh, current people, probably current singers. But uh, I, I I do have a little list because I, I kind of guessed you might ask this. Yeah, uh, I'll be home for Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Absolutely. Chestnuts roasting on open fire. How could you go wrong there? Uh, Let It Snow, Jingle Bells, Rudolph, all those little ditties. And, of course, uh, somewhere on the list you have to have the little drummer boy with Bing Crosby and uh, and uh, David Bowie, which has turned out to be a classic. So uh, just a few. I like them all. Put them all, let them play all day. There you go. I love the Bowie and Bing song from 1977 that they recorded shortly before Bing died and before the show actually aired. You know, Bing had died. So I remember watching that at Well while I was out at Penn State. Love Bowie and Bing doing that one. Dean Martin doing Let It Snow is one of my favorites. I love Dino doing Christmas songs. He just had a way with uh, those tunes. Andy Williams, I posted a few of his. Man, back in the 60s, loved his Christmas specials. And I still love hearing it's the most wonderful time of the year and happy holidays. And, of course, Bruce and his version of Santa Claus is coming to town. And, yeah, a whole bunch of newer ones that we won't get into, but I, I like a lot of the newer stuff, too, including The Seasons Upon Us by the Dropkick Murphys that I posted about a week and a half ago. Funny video, great tune. I loved it. All right. Sounds good. And uh, so let's put a wrap on this thing, Chet, because we've got some Christmas celebrating to do. You've already started. And uh, yes, Fred has already started. I guess it's time for me to start. All right. Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. Enjoy, folks. There you go. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Keith Pompey and Freddie Burns. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover, Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118, Raz and Dave LeBoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed both our shows, two versions tonight. And we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, December the 30th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts. Merry Christmas, everyone, and high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Go Birds!